Welcome to The Innovative Executive, the show that helps you make innovation a priority in your business. Innovation strategy consultant Bella Rushi helps you rethink your business model, embrace collaboration, and leverage technology. If you want to drive innovation and bring new growth to your business, then stay tuned as she meets industry experts who share practical experience to help you unlock your innovation potential. And now, here's Bella Rushi. Today on my show, I have with me Juliet Scott Croxford. Juliet is the president, North America at Brompton Bicycle. She's also the advisory board member at WE Global Studios. Juliet, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bella. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is exciting. I'm so excited to have you. And I, I, I know we had a, a, a conversation before getting started. But I wanted to, before we deep dive into Brompton Bicycle, I wanted to kind of ask you, can you tell me a little bit about We Global Studios? I know you're an advisor there. You're the board member there. Yeah, We Global Studios is, uh, stands for uh, Women Entrepreneurs, and it really is, in essence, a platform to support female founders. A big sort of passion f- of mine is um, to help um, improve uh, visibility and equality and inclusiveness uh, for women. So We Global Studios is a great platform uh, to support female founders on their journey to to building wealth and, and brilliant, brilliant businesses. And it was founded by um, Fernanda uh, Cap- Cappuccina. Um, and she's uh, just a, a force, an incredibly inspiring um, female founder herself. That's really exciting. How exciting that you're able to have this role and as, as well as, you know, having the role of uh, being the president of uh, Brompton Bicycle. So I wanted to get into talking about your company in itself. So today we see that there's more manufacturing companies than they're talking about the circular economy in which the businesses are creating supply chains that recover or recycle the resources used to create their products. Do you currently have a sustainable circular business model with your products? Uh, sustainability is crucial. And obviously, kind of our overarching goal is, is about urban freedom for happier lives and really uh, making sure uh, more people ride bikes um, to, to, to find their ways around all of the different corners of the city. But essentially, we build our bikes to last a lifetime um, and they're built to be highly serviceable using standard parts that are available. And in this way, they're inexpensive to maintain and they reduce the need for Brompton to produce specialty repair parts. Um, We also support backwards compatibility with our products so that you can continue to ride and maintain uh, even a 30-year-old Brompton, re- reducing, obviously, um, its obsolescence and, and waste. The other thing that's worth mentioning is that our bikes maintain a really high resale value, which means that even after the original owner moves on to a, a newer model, they're motivated to sell their old Brompton and pass it on to a new owner who use it for years to come, um, obviously sort of eliminating a use and, and discard mentality. But yeah, the Brompton community are, are really fanatical about the product. So um, they quite often have multiple Bromptons um, or, or if they do kind of upgrade to a new model, they tend to resale. Yeah, no, this is great. So I know I know the biking industry has come a long way, right? Just from using aluminum to now, you know, using titanium or carbon fiber. But there's a lot of material today 
and resources that that does prolong the life of life cycle of these bikes. So it's great that your company is already building bikes with that in mind, and in that you know gives it that high resale value, which is great. I read about a, a company. Uh, it was a startup company in China called Mobike, and they had to halt their operations in China due to oversupply and poor maintenance of their bikes. The startup company was using um, IoT technologies and GPS modular in a share bike system where they, it was like a stationless bike system that they had built. But, you know, customer experience, they were just suffering from it. So how, how do you provide maintenance of your bikes and keep your customers super happy? Yeah, it's a really good question. I, I think whereas shared bikes um, that are, that are, are, are built for sharing, that they're built to be difficult to steal or, or dismantle, obviously, for safety reasons. And therefore, you know, difficult, they are difficult to maintain, requiring special, special tools and parts. Whereas Brompton produces bikes that can be serviced at any bicycle store around the world. I would say with the exceptions of for the, for the hinges, which might require uh, service within five to 10 years, depending on the sort of intensity of riding. But we don't introduce proprietary parts in any part of the bike, which requires frequent service or replacement. So things like tires, tubes, brake pads, um, shifter cables. So you, you can take a Brompton to pretty much any bicycle store around the world and, um, and, 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 it's, and it's easy to maintain. Yeah, that's really great to hear. And um, when you said, you know, your bikes can be serviced anywhere around the world, I saw I saw a video where you have a you have uh, customers riding bikes in Japan and they're going through this type of like a national park on a train. And, uh, the, you know, the person who was riding a, a bike was like a like an older, older uh, gentleman. And it was just interesting of how he was carrying the bike because it was more like he was carrying like a suitcase. It was folded and you didn't even know there was a bike in there. Mm-hmm. You pulled it out and then he's going through this beautiful valley riding your bikes. So I love it that the bikes have this global presence. Uh, presence. And how do you enter new markets with such you know local competition that's already out there? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, all our bikes are are made in London, are made in the factory in West London. And really, our product differentiator is the ingenious design and the reputation for quality. And, And our founder, Andrew Ritchie, who came up with the bike design in in the late 70s it was all focused around the fold um, and and this brilliant way of folding the bike into a third of its size to really enable people to move freely uh, and commute and and travel in the ways that they need to Uh, and he really sort of saw it as a tool for people's lives and and you know I think if you're a Brompton owner, you really you quickly realise how it can transform your life. And I think our other brand differentiator is the passion we have for urban transformation and the needs of the urban cyclists and the many ways in which our product speaks directly to the needs of, of, of our consumers and our community. The other thing I would say is we, be, we, we are an omni-channel distribution platform. So our sales approach combines obviously scalable distribution in terms of um, e-commerce and being able to distribute directly to our consumers, but with the local 
experience and and sort of service repair capacity of local retailers and, and our sort of business to business dealer network. Um, so so the the omni channel uh, approach also provides us with broader exposure to the brand and obviously through advertising that leads to a sales experience online backed up by the opportunity to be able to go and try the bike and um, go to a local retailer or, or one of our own junction stores. So I would say all of those things combined um, really su- support us entering new markets. And North America is, is one of our sort of priority international markets, which I'm excited to be um, spearheading. And really, our focus is to be the leading urban bike brand in key cities across North America over the next five years. Yeah, I, I think it's exciting that you do have, you know, selections of bikes and definitely that here you're exploring the urban market. I also saw on your website that um, all your R&D is done in-house. So how do you um, collaborate with externals or do you even collaborate with external partners to co-create new, new products? Yeah, I mean, we often collaborate when trying to stretch ourselves beyond the norm uh, and to push our innovation. For example, our electric bikes, we, uh, our e-bike, which also has the the fold. We collaborated with Williams, uh, the Formula One team, on uh, Williams Engineering, and they helped us with the motor and the battery and the sensor design uh, for, for the Brompton electric bike. Other examples, we collaborate with um, Freight Tag. Uh, we, we knew for years that we wanted to produce a bag for our bike that could also be worn as a backpack. Uh, but it took working with one of, obviously, the global leaders in innovative and sustainable design to get that job done. Uh, and we, we do seek like-minded partners in the collaboration process who have a focus on doing it right, focus on high quality with a mind of innovation and durability and function as much as design and aesthetic. It's exciting with the uh, the companies that you are collaborating with. I noticed that, you know, you have the electric bike and then you have the standard foldable bike, which is so unique and so cool. I didn't see anything on your website about your bikes using any type of technology. How do you collect data from your customers to find out what they want? And how do you ideate new products and designs? Yeah, I mean, I would say we combine a variety of inputs from consumer surveys, agency-led consumer research, social listening, focus groups with owners and prospects to kind of form, I think, a a richer picture of our consumers by market. And of course, there's so much variety that one of our biggest sources of input is is our Brompton community, as well as our Brompton Junction store staff, Brompton Junctions are our own retail stores. Our community uh, of Brompton riders is is, is incredibly engaged, um, and they're the owners, you know, who lead. Uh, that there's also owners who lead the community groups around the world, so they provide us with a, with great feedback on things that we can improve, and we're always looking to to improve improve the product. The other thing is obviously our retail network, so um, our, our B two B retailers and different bike stores that that distribute Brompton um, are also a great source of information in giving consumer feedback as well. That's amazing that you that you built that in within your company to set up the community so you get that constant feedback and you can constantly iterate on your bikes as to you know what the market need is and, and where they are 
in the world riding these bikes. So I saw also on your website, and this was, I was super excited when I saw that your company is approximately like 47 years old. I'm curious to ask you, how, how do you stay so relevant in this industry? It's very competitive. It is. And also, I think manufacturing, things take time to to refine and perfect. But we've just launched this week our most innovative product yet, um, which is our T-line, in which literally uh, the team reinvented every millimetre of the product from front to back. Um, so we introduced new manufacturing processes. We've delivered, um, <clears throat> excuse me, a £10 weight saving over our original steel bikes while actually improving the fold function, serviceability and durability of the product. So it's a phenomenal effort. I would say Brompton's most interested in the consumer experience of the Brompton owner than landing new PR with a new product every year. So so we really do sort of take a lot of care over over the the latest models but um, because of this sort of consumer first and function orientated mindset we're dedicated to releasing new products only when the real functional improvements can be made and this is a big part of what ensures the long service life and the high resale value and the high reputation of our brand but yeah you you should definitely check out the t-line it's uh it's so exciting and and a lot lighter as well yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm excited to check it out. I I know before the show, we were talking about marketing and building great content, and you definitely have that experience. And I saw that you have like a huge, you have huge followers on Facebook and Instagram. How do you keep uh, your customers engaged? And all of this makes for a, a wealth of user-generated content, which helps fuel our social with, with real-world owner stories. And then add to that, deep well of content the fact that we design and manufacture our product in-house you've got the incredible potential for behind the scenes and customization of content which really rounds out the the consumer perspective on the product but i think coming from the media industry and coming into the bike industry i'm really excited to push our, our content strategy and really think about ways in which we can build deeper relationships with that with our community yeah no that's totally exciting so I wanted to know in terms of getting all this community to help you, how are you, how's your company changing behavior to get more cyclists on the road? That's a great question. And, and as part of our mission, our purpose is, is to create urban freedom for happier lives. Um, and we've partnered with cycling and climate advocacy groups, such as um, here in the US, People for Bikes, as well as transportation alternatives and possible, among others, um, really to create moments of conversation around urban transformation, design and policy, as well as lobbying local civic leaders and politicians to support cycling-friendly initiatives. I think the, the phrase, if you build it, they will come, is very true when it comes to things like cycling infrastructure where personal safety and progressive street design is so important, especially in cities where density is higher than ever. And obviously the COVID impacts of increased personal car ownership and a reduction in public transit, they're all heating up uh, competition for street space between vehicles, pedestrians and cyclists more than ever before. So we're definitely uh, sort of keen to uh, have a loud voice in in that sense and, and also use our community as a force for good uh, and, and to advocate for getting more people cycling. Yeah, it's so true right now. It is definitely 
you know, where there's a lot of people around the world, even companies who are encouraging their uh, employees to ride uh, bikes to work if they can, especially when there's lockdowns and they can't, you know, they can't use public transportation or they're scared. They can't use, not every city, everyone's using cars to to get to work and they're, they're not uh, using trains. So it's really important. And I think I remember last year, at least here in Philadelphia, like there were so many people, like there were lines outside bike shops. Everybody wanted to buy a bike, right? Just because you needed to get out. It was just unhealthy to stay indoors all the time, especially during lockdowns, you couldn't go anywhere. Um, at least you can go with your family and ride a bicycle, whether it's a neighborhood or, or your parks. I'm curious to see, I know you have a huge uh, community that is helping you. Do you also use uh, influencers to kind of help get your message out with respect to riding more bikes or, you know, learning more about your brand? It's a really good question. So like we haven't um, formally done that, but as we're growing the brand in North America, we're really focusing on, you know, how do we supercharge our presence in cities, but also support the agenda as it pertains to obviously changing behaviour and getting more cyclists on the road. So I definitely want to lean into influencers and, and brand ambassadors in, in, in a bigger capacity. But um, yeah, at the moment we haven't as much. But I think just your point around the benefits of cycling, I think the, the other thing that's so exciting about cycling is obviously the positive benefits it has, not just on sort of fitness, but also your mental health. And I, I think you, you're absolutely right. Going through COVID, the opportunity to jump on a bike and be out and free uh, and in the fresh air was had so many additional benefits for positive mental health as well. Yeah, you, you definitely made some key points here that I remember, I think it, it's getting better now here at least, but I know last year there was a lot of issues with um, whether it was older people or just, you know, people who live by themselves, um, that that was an issue in terms of that they weren't able to get out to uh, connect with others. And um, I think that that's a great point that you make that, you know, riding a bike and just getting out there is also definitely good for mental health in terms of just keeping your well-being. So, Juliet, thank you so much for being on the show today. This was a great conversation. Thank you, Bella. No, I really enjoyed it. And thanks again for having me. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Innovative Executive with Bella Rushi, founder of Symmetry Consulting, a firm that specializes in helping companies embed innovation into their company. If you liked this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Also, make sure to check out Bella's book, The Innovative Executive, Leading Intelligently in the Age of Disruption. Join us for the next episode to further unlock your innovation potential.